Well, excellent planting progress this past week. Friendly weather across the Greenbelt, mounting concerns about the economy. The weekly export sales report out yesterday morning, anemic to say the least. And India's end to its export ban. All of that applied bearish pressure to the grain market at one point or another this past week. Coley and Kavanaugh standing by to talk about all the details of that. They are brought to you each week by the Allen County Farm Bureau. You know, you got a ton of bonus benefits when you become a member. Discounts on hotels and computers and cars and trucks. And I even got a note in my box this week about some discount tickets to a theme park. You get a lot of stuff from the Farm Bureau, but the best part is, is they are fighting to make sure farm families can keep farming. Support your local Farm Bureau with a membership. Simply go online to itpaystobeamember.org. We got a late start to the weekend, a late finish, David, as we uh, were looking at reports that were everything was a day late this week. The export sales came out on Friday morning. But, uh, David, you made a good point this week. I think it was in your Friday morning report on one where you said many of us were watching the grain market kind of like a cat watching you eat Cheerios for breakfast. Now, I wasn't quite sure where you were going with that. <laughs> Took me a while to figure out where the cat came from. But you're right. Many of us were watching and wondering why soybeans and wheat were up. Up and why corn was just sitting there all flaccid. Yeah, you've got to look at the grain content of the Cheerios to get the answer on that one. But you know, these weekly export sales again defy explanation because the wheat export sale number was bigger than the corn export sale number and the, almost as big as the bean export sale number. Wheat number was 385, corn 335, yep, that low. And the bean export sale number was 396. A lot of cancellations going on. But there was one surprise, and we haven't seen this for a very long time because they were touting this week that Egypt had bought wheat from Romania, Bulgaria, and Russia. Why were they buying from Russia when they can't export it anyway? Maybe there's always hope. But Egypt did buy 60,000 tons of U.S. wheat. So it looks like they're trying to backstop themselves a little bit. But there were some cancellations. Again, we had cancellations by unknown on the wheat of 94,000 tons. So that would have made it a much bigger number. And unknown canceled, John, 284,000 tons of corn. That's more than the total number. It, should, it could have made a negative number. What <laughs> corn so sick? Interesting here. The marketing year pace of soybean sales are 99 million bushels over what's needed to hit USDA's targets. Corn export sales pretty much on track to hit USDA's target. Now, you wouldn't think that based on the daily grain market volatility that that was the case. John Arlen Sitterman reported this week that new crop soybean export sales on the books to date are record large at 445 million bushels, 268 million bushels of that total committed to China. But go to this point about cancellations because but it seems like forward contract sales have the potential to get canceled if there are gyrations in the market. That's always the fear. You know, as you get toward the end of the season, you know, a lot of these countries are overbought. They wanted to protect themselves, make sure they had in the books. And if they see a good new crop coming on, they back away and start canceling. So that's, we have to deal with that. But that number, 100 million running uh, over the USDA estimate already, even if they have a lot of cancellations, it's it <laughs> tells us what the market has been telling us through the basis, through the cash markets, that soybean supplies continue to be very, very tight. And the carryover is not going to be the 225 million or 235 million that the government is projecting. It's going to be well under 200 and maybe 
down as low as 150 to 180, which is nearly out of soybeans. So the basis through the season should stay pretty strong on soybeans. Cash prices stay strong on soybeans. And of course, then we'll fluctuate as to how the weather goes. Tight supplies and always uncertainty over weather. John, the uh, June WASDE report is coming out next Friday, but you've always said that the June report doesn't typically have much substance to it. Yeah, right. Exactly. But you know, these are unique times we live in. Do you expect anything of consequence or maybe a possible black swan event that could develop from global developments like Ukraine, India, China, maybe the U.S. inflation rate? Oh, possibly, but I don't think so. I think this is going to be a blah report. I don't expect anything significant to come out of it. I think it's going to be very plain vanilla. But you always never know. You just give you know, the government throws a lot of curves. Two things that I think are interesting coming up on our weekly planning progress report coming out on Monday, we're also going to get our first ratings estimate on the corn and soybean crop. That'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. I think I know what it's going to be. I think it's going to be very good. Yes. The first one's always good anyhow. Typically it is. But the, the report that we have to watch out for, the key report, the big one is coming up on June the 30th. Uh-oh. That's our next Planted Acres report. That's going to be a more accurate report than what we got back in March, and the market's going to be very nervous over that. We still got a few weeks to go before we get to it, but keep an eye on that one. You're going to hear more and more about what they're going to do, and then you also get your stocks report. Typically, we get surprises at the stocks report, so forget the WASD report coming up next week. Focus on the June 30 report. Podcasts by Federated Media.